Hello everyone and welcome to the podcast, Paul's 50 years of sporting memories. In this podcast, I will talk about my favourite sporting memories over the past 50 years with my good friend Glenn. It covers a wide range of sports and the triumphs and heartaches along the way. In each episode, we will go back in time to talk about my memories from a particular year. This is Paul Tonner. Everyone and welcome to this episode of Paul's 50 Years of Sporting Memories. I hope you are well and have had a great sporting week. How's your sporting week been, Glenn? Yeah, it's not too bad. I'm a bit disappointed. Yeah, why's that? I think you're a bit of a jinx in sport. Me? Yeah. Yeah, why's that? The Brisbane Lions not being in the grand final. Yeah, I knew they wouldn't get there. Yeah, they were, yeah. The, they were up the top yeah, <laughs> for most of the season and... Yeah. And you said they're not going to make it, and they didn't nah. believe make it. Nah. But I'll tell you what, it was a, it was a full-on game. Well, they beat the Premiers, didn't yeah. they? Yeah. Yeah. But they yeah. beat Richmond in the first week of the finals, yeah. which Geelong couldn't do. Yeah. So I think that week off really stuffed them up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it was a, it was a um, pretty full-on grand final for the... First three quarters. Yeah. There wasn't much in it. No, it wasn't at all. It wasn't until um, the fourth quarter before Richmond started to you know, push more into the defence. Yeah, that's where, you know, the big, they stand out in the big time moments. Yeah. yeah just grabbing those opportunities, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And it was Gary Abler Jr.'s last game of AFL. That's right. All we need him now is to move back to the Gold Coast and coach the Suns. <laughs> <laughs> then, we well, never a, know. then we might have a chance, I think, because yeah. you know, his, his father played for a very long time and and Gary's junior Gary Abler Junior's had lots of experiences yeah. in playing and he's only played for yeah, two teams. One of them yeah. being um, the Gold Coast. That's right. Well he played for Geelong and then he went to the Gold Coast and then but, back to Geelong. Yeah. Yeah, and he's yeah you know, he's been involved in two premierships. Mm. Two he's been won the Brownlow medal twice. Really, twice. Uh, yeah, and the best in first six times. Yeah, and yeah, quite a um, achievement in his career. So if his dad was called God, yeah. like what was he called? <laughs> it must be Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> But I do, yeah, no, he's a really nice guy. And yeah. Was, I saw him play live once. Like, I haven't yeah. been to many AFL games, but yeah. I went, would have been 2014 when the Suns were playing the Swans. Yeah. Um, here at, on the yeah. coast here, Metricon. Yeah, and he yeah. was a classy player. Yeah. yeah very fast. Yeah. And you know, the Swans won easily, but. Yeah. yeah, he was definitely the Suns' best player. Yeah. yeah, I heard a little. I heard a great story of you know, when he was playing for the Suns. Yeah, there was this lady. She was in the late eighties. Yeah, and she was a fan of the Gold Coast Suns, a fan of Gary Ablett Senior and Junior. Yeah, and they were trying to arrange for Gary to meet meet um to meet her, but everything yeah. You know, wasn't falling into place. Mm. So Gage Jr. took it on himself to go around the bakery one day and get this cakes and and all that and drove around to her place, right. knocked on the door. 
wow. And had an afternoon tea with her. Oh. Just on his own bat. Good on him. <laughs> Which I think that, yeah. Yeah, that's very yeah, generous of him. Greg Norman was great at doing that. Yeah. You know, like he, he got involved with a lot of kids, you know, who were dying from cancer. and Yeah. yeah. I think it was uh, Sandy Roberts, might have been his son. Yeah. yeah he passed away from yeah. leukaemia, I think. But Greg yeah. Norman was just wonderful to him, you know. And, yeah, he was really upset, Greg Norman, when he... Yeah. When he died. Yeah. yeah. And then in Gary's career, he played 357 matches. Jeez. And scored mm. 445 goals. Yeah? Gosh. Which is pretty good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. To, 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 you know, that's fairly good consistency. Yeah. Over his career. Well, it did feel stranger. Yeah, AFL Grand Final being played at the Gabba. Yeah. But the ratings were huge, apparently. Yeah. So, yeah, you never know. They might stick to the nighttime Grand Finals. In the yeah. 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 Like they did with the NRL. Yeah. It all started in 2001, really. Yeah. And moved from daytime to nighttime. And yeah. Yeah, they're still going with it. So, yeah. Yeah. But, um, no, the NRL Grand Final, yeah, it was. Uh, Oh, I turned it off after about 20 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> like, I went outside and started looking for cans. Because <laughs> I thought, nah, it's all over. Yeah. I just thought after the first five minutes, like Penrith just had some some, some key decisions that just didn't go their way. Yeah. I just thought they were ripped off with those yeah. calls. And, yeah, I just thought, no, this isn't going to be their night. Yeah. I know they came back in the second half, but, yeah. honestly, they're never going to win it. Yeah. yeah, Reminded me of the 2001 grand final. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not surprisingly, Parramatta lost. Yeah. yeah. Parramatta was down 24-0 at half time, I think, in that yeah. game. And, uh, yeah, they ended up, in the end, yeah, Parra only lost by six points, but yeah. Yeah, they were never, never going to win, you know. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so. Uh, so now they're all in for tra- the training for the State of Origin. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, Wednesday week, I think. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, next Wednesday. So, gosh, yeah, it's going to be <laughs> hard for a lot. It's a long season. Oh, yeah. 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 Jeez. Yeah. But, um, oh, well, hopefully, yeah, Parra will improve next year. Hopefully. <laughs> Not choking the finals. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, we've got this something unprecedented today. Yeah. Yep. We're in, at Glenn's place. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're in his, uh, his big studio here. Yeah. With the, the microphones, the computers, the speakers yeah. everywhere, yeah. the sound systems, you know. <laughs> yeah. Gosh, it's very impressive. Yeah. I'll have to take a photo of it. Yeah. Put on the uh, Facebook site. Yeah, that'd be good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, this episode covers the sporting memories of the year 2000. What a year that was. Yeah. What are your memory, memories of the year 2000, Glenn? Oh, well, the, you know, the, the, just leading up to 2000, all the scare about the, com, yeah, the whole world collapsing when we go yeah. to the computers shutting down and, yeah. and that. But it was it was the first year that the... Um, it was Y2K, wasn't it? Yeah. 
it was also the first year that the um, camera phones came out. Oh, okay. The, uh, yeah, one of them being the Nokia yeah. seven seventy one ten. Jeez, and apparently it is still available. Came out that early. Yeah, right. Because I remember the first phone I got that had um, a camera on it, and where you are able to watch videos. You know, like on uh, oh, what do they call them? Yeah, when you. I used to watch um, when the 2007 World Cup was on. Yeah. Yeah, I used to watch videos of the games that had been played on overnight. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, that would have been... Yeah, so it was that early. Yeah. yeah camera phones. Yeah. Oh, gosh. It took me a while to get going, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, my, my older sister's still got the old flip phone. Yeah. That's, I think, probably... Yeah, not much. No. Not, 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 yeah, not that old. I mean, it is old because yeah. yeah she's had it for donkey's years. Well, Liv- Olivia was showing me one in the shop. Um, like a, it's the flip phone. Yeah. Yeah, but it's got like, yeah, like it even goes out to the side. Two screens. Yeah, yeah, yeah two screens. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, it folds out like a. Gosh, why would you want one of them? <laughs> yeah, well, um, yeah, they're promoting them as as phones that you can use for yeah. so Zoom, Zoom calls. Oh, okay. Zoom meetings yeah. and that. Yeah. Actually, the, there was a phone that uh, back in the early 2000s that, mm. that, that, that um, it, I don't know if it had a camera in it, but it was a flip phone that it had a, a keyboard on one side yeah. and the phone on the other. All oh, right. And a friend of mine, the um, the flight from Sydney to Melbourne got cancelled. Mm. So he had to get the train to Melbourne. Hey. And he wrote a program on his phone on the trip between <laughs> Sydney and Melbourne. Heaps of time to do it. Yeah. <laughs> but he was, uh, he was doing this, this program... Yeah. So I think it was a Vodafone. So it, if you were to be on your way to a train, mm. it would then um, message you back oh, if the okay. train's running on time. Yeah. And what type of train is it? If it's express yeah. or every stop. All right. Yeah. Gee, that's pretty good, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And, just, and just to ride it up from a phone... <laughs> Because I, cause I know, you know, when he was still in school, yeah. he was in computer genius from, yeah. from, um, yeah, from a young age and he used to come over and fix my computer yeah. and it would look all fine and then I'd go and get a lift home <laughs> and I'd come back and my computer, it'd be doing something strange, yeah, like blurry lines over the, over the screen. Yeah. And... Um, I'd ring him up and go, "What are you doing?" He said, "Oh, that, that, yeah, just do this. I just, yeah. I just write a little virus <laughs> 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 because he, the computer would be fine and it would start doing it. Yeah. But he just wrote this little virus Gee. to make it to, to annoy me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Gosh. Any other memories from year two thousand? Oh well, yeah. Song wise, Ricky Martin. Yeah. 
She Bangs. Oh, okay. Yeah, I remember yeah. that one. Yep. The old Robbie Williams and Rock DJ. Yeah. That's still a classic today, that <laughs> song. Yeah. yeah. And Kylie Minogue with, she had two songs in the top two mm. of that, of 2000, On a Night Like This, came in at number two, and Spinning Around came at number one. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah one of my favourite bands. My favourite country band, Lone yeah. Star. Lone Star. Great song called Amazed. Yeah. And what was the name? Faith Hill. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Breathe. Yeah. Yep. What about movies? Movies. Oh. Well, there was The Wog Boy. Yeah. The Dish. Yeah. Oh, there we are. I saw oh. that one. Yeah, I love that, yeah. that movie. That was about the... Uh, the the dish out in parks, isn't it? That's right. Yeah, yeah. The, their involvement Big with satellite the, with the moon, mm. the moon um, landing. Yeah, and the thing is, whenever I watch it, I get I get emotional because I've been there. Yeah, I've been there in person. Yeah, I've been there. Yeah, so when I was a little kid, and oh, I went there, might have been fifteen years ago when I was living in Dubbo. Yeah. But one scene from that movie is when they're playing cricket on it. Do you remember that? <laughs> to, the, yeah, to, to, to check the level. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Just shows the Aussie him on, oh, yeah. on how he approached to do something. Mm. Yeah, these days it'd be all right on with the computer and everything. That, that, yeah, with the computer it'd be spot on and to yeah. the... The nearest micromillimeter, but back there was just a a cricket bo- a tennis ball and a yeah. and a bat to just <laughs> yeah, to make sure it was level. No, yeah. Cricket gets played in some crazy places. Oh, yeah. Like I, I used to have this book. It was um, I got it at a I might have been a secondhand bookstore. Yeah. I don't know what happened with it over the years, but it was about someone had been to India and taken photos of. Places where you know how they, how they cricket mad over there, and yeah. yeah, just crazy places where they play cricket, yeah. like an alleyway's about a meter wide, and uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, but um, we have a gladiator that was in the year two thousand, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we got a bit of rumbling coming. Oh, in. we got a storm coming. Yeah. Oh, Wallace, this is. <laughs> this is uh, well. The Mel- Melbourne Storm won the grand final. So they're coming. The storm's coming from Melbourne. Yeah. Yeah. Well, basically, my memories um, of the year two thousand. Well, I broke my back, and I was at home recovering. And I was the sort of person who was sort of always scared of using computers. And and yeah, I was then. I was just getting bored and one of my mates said, oh, why don't you use the internet? Yeah. And I thought, oh, okay, what's that? I've heard about it. <laughs> I've never used an email or anything. Yeah. And, yeah, I started doing some computer courses, yeah. like just an introduction to computer courses to start off with. And yeah. yeah, and just built up my skills with using computers. I learnt how to touch type really well. Mm. And Yeah. yeah. So, oh, I've come a long way since then. Yeah, well, the uh, the old um, the old voice to text helps me out uh, mm. uh, a fair bit. Yeah, 
Yeah, but probably the biggest memory of the year 2000, of course, was the Olympics yeah. in Sydney. Um, yeah. yeah, I managed to get a, uh, a ticket to the opening ceremony. Yeah. yeah, so they had different levels. So there was the A, A yeah. level, B level, C, D, and yeah. we've got a B level. Yeah. It was about probably $1,300. You know, wow. A lot of money back then. Yeah. Oh, God, it was worth it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I knew I'd never see it again. Yeah. Like it was just once in a lifetime experience. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it was just to be part of that. Yeah. Oh, something, something you'll never forget. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, 110,000 people there. Yeah. I think the main thing I, I remember with the Olympics is just how successfully it went. And this one, Antonio Samaranch said, The best yeah. Olympic Games ever. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, yeah, everything was done. Oh. Yeah, it finished well ahead of time. Yeah, it was. Yeah, and it just, it just cruised. Well, that night of the opening ceremony, yeah. like, there would have been over 110,000 there, you know, including all the pr- people who part of the production yeah. and that. Um, yeah, I would have been home in 40 minutes. Yeah. So they just had trains going non-stop yeah. and just so many volunteers showing people where to go and, yeah, yeah. like it was, it was really good. Yeah, I think it's the sort of Olympics that will stand out because four years earlier you had it in Atlanta. Yeah. Which apparently was just a shambles, and they, uh, they had that bomb going off, and uh, yeah, well, Sydney just sort of restored everyone's faith in the Olympics. Yeah, yeah, uh, but uh, no, no, it was uh, it was a big year. Yeah, um, yeah, say the listeners' quiz questions. Uh, yep. Now Miss Olivia's away this again this week. Yeah. Yeah, she'll be back soon. Yeah. Now we've got four questions this week. Ooh. The answers will be revealed at the end of the end of this episode. So, question one is: What famous Aussie soccer player was named Young Player of the Year in the English Premier League? What famous Aussie soccer player was named Young Player of the Year in the English Premier League? Right. Question two. What was the name of the Aussie who won the women's 800 metres wheelchair demonstration event at the Olympics? Now, I was actually there that night when that took place. Um, What was the name of the Aussie who won the women's 800 metres wheelchair demonstration event at the Olympics? Yeah, so that's another memory I have is the Paralympics. I went to a day of that. It was on about, oh, you know, about a month after the Olympics finished, and yeah, those guys are just incredible. Yeah. Uh, question: The third question: What Aussie cricketer won the inaugural Alan Border Medal in the year two thousand? What Aussie cricketer won the inaugural Alan Border Medal in two thousand? And question four: What country won the UEFA Euro Cup in the year two thousand? So it's a multiple guess. <laughs> <laughs> so was it A? Netherlands, B, Spain, or C, France? Okay, so the country that won the UEFA Euro Cup in 2000. Yep, and I'll give you a clue for question, quiz question three. Yeah. His first name is the same as mine. Oh. <laughs> uh-uh. 
And he's from Narromine. Yeah. He actually... Uh, he's a shy boy. Yeah. He went to the same school where I, where I was a teacher at once. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, you should be able to get that one. Yeah. Oh, another event that happened in the year 2000 was the, uh, the Concorde crashing. Yeah. Yeah, and that was uh, – did you ever watch that show, Air Crash Investigations? Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, it was just due to a bit of metal on, yeah. the, on the runway. Yeah. The tyres went over it, caused a spark, and yeah, yeah crashed into a hotel. Yeah, like the um, – I've, uh, I've seen a few of them that have come down because the yeah. uh, there's a tube that goes out each side of the peacock. Yeah. And it actually tells them the um, – the speed of mm. the plane. Yeah. And that's the same technology that's been around for so long. Yeah. And they're still using it. And it's yeah, it's caused um, quite a few crashes because yeah. hornets have got in and built a nest right at the back of the yeah. the um, the tube and they don't know until it's in the bloody sky if yeah. it hasn't been looked at. Is that right? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, well, they, they just grounded all the flights after that, and yeah, con- there have been no more Concorde planes flying since then. I think there was about oh, how many? Uh, I forget how many there were all up. How many Concorde planes? It was like twenty something, twenty eight maybe. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, no, they stopped flying after that. But you never know. Hopefully, one day, with the improvements in technology, we might get yeah. Some. Yeah, when it was talking about planes, it would yeah be based on the space shuttle. Yeah, it would actually shoot up. Yeah, and then land like a normal plane. Yeah. So. Yeah, you yeah. think they would have done that over the years, wouldn't yeah. you? Yeah. Yeah, and they don't go anymore. So. Uh, uh, yeah, no, it's very strange. Okay. Oh, Glenn. Oh, actually, no, we'll go down to. Uh, well, we'll talk about some of the other events that happened in the year 2000. So we've spoken about some of the Olympics and we'll go into more detail about that in a minute. Yeah, but uh, with golf, Tiger Woods, he uh, was just phenomenal in the year 2000. He won the US Open, the British Open and the... Uh, actually, no, he won the Masters. He won the... U- oh, no, hang on. VJ Singh won the Masters. Yeah. That's right. No, he won the US Open. He won that by an incredible 10 shots. And he won the British Open and the US PGA. So he won three out of the yeah. four majors. And for a golfer to do that, yeah. that's just unbelievable. Yeah. And he was named Lurious World Sportsman of the Year, which isn't surprising. Um, did you know the Aussie cricket team once won the, uh, the team of the year? Yeah. The world team of the year. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, which was a, you know, that's, there's a lot of teams who play sport in the world. Yeah. You think how good, you know, that, that's just a massive achievement. Yeah. Win that award. Yep. Yeah. And I remember going to the Bledisloe Cup at the Olympic Stadium. This was just before the Olympics. Yeah. Well, there was 110,000 there. And the All Blacks defeated the Wallabies. And it was regarded as the greatest test match ever played. And Jonah Lomu, the late Jonah Lomu, he scored a try in stoppage time. Mm. Yeah, and they, the All Blacks won 39 to 35. 
And the All Blacks led 21-0 after five minutes. <laughs> I remember that. You just thought, oh, gosh, uh-huh. this is going to be over 100. And then, yeah, the Wallabies came back. Uh-huh. And they even took the lead at one stage in the second half. Uh-huh. But in game two at Wellington, the Wallabies gained sweet revenge with the great John Eels kicking a penalty goal after the siren to give the Wallabies victory 24-23. And the Wallabies retained the Bledisloe Cup. Uh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's going to be a long... Well, the last time they won the Bledisloe Cup was in 2002. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> yeah, I think it's going to be a long wait. <laughs> yeah. But no, this coach, this New Zealand coach they've got now, he, he seems to be doing a good job. Yeah. yeah, they seem to be uh, sorted out a few deficiencies that they had. Uh, so, uh, no, I think it was a good idea. They, they appointed a New Zealand coach. And Australia lost the Davis Cup to Spain. One thing I remember about this was just the shocking behaviour by the Spanish crowd. And this was towards the Australians, you know. They were doing things to yeah. try and put the players off and just really... Bad sportsman-like behaviour. And Spain won their first ever title. First Davis Cup title. And it's sad what's happened to the Davis Cup, you know. It's it's been around for probably around about 100 years. But, yeah, it would have been last year they changed the format of it. Yeah, Yeah, so it's, um, yeah, in the past, like, it it was played throughout the year, you know. You'd, You'd be... The first round, the second round, uh, I think it was the quarters, semis and the final. Uh-huh. Yeah, so we'd go, each round would go for the weekend. Uh-huh. Now they just played all at the end of the year over a weekend. Instead of playing five sets, they'll play three sets. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's just now no one just, no one really seems to care about it. Uh-huh. Where, you know, that's really sad because, uh, yeah, some of the, you know, for example, Pat Rafter, like he, he was, his career was sort of, oh, like he was a solid player, but he yeah. wasn't, you know, nothing, you know, he, he hadn't really won any titles of great significance. In uh, 97, he came back from two sets down. Uh, uh, I think he was playing um, that Frenchman's uh, Cedric Pialine, I think his name was. Uh, and, yeah, he came back from two sets down, won that game. Australia won the tie. And, yeah, uh, three or four months later, he wins the US Open. Uh, and then he won it the following year. And then he's appeared in a couple of Wimbledon finals. And, yeah, things like that. You know, those Davis Cup games can really um, make a player stand out. Uh, yeah, define their career. And, yeah, uh, so uh, 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 it's sad what they've done. Yeah, and in the NRL, yeah, Paul attended the finals match between Parramatta and the Sydney Roosters Mm. at their Sydney football stadium. Now, normally with Parramatta, like you just (laughs) think, well, finals time, no, (laughs) you're just waiting for a disaster. But no, this night I went along, and the Roosters just had this star-studded side, you know, with (laughs) Brad Fittler and. Yeah, who I actually went to school with. Yeah, yeah, he was in my year at school. Um, but you knew back then he was going to be a superstar. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I went to this game, I, you know, thinking I'll, I just hope Parramatta put 
put in a good performance. Because, <laughs> yeah, this was when, uh, so the team who finished second, they'd play the team who finished seventh. Yeah. And Parramatta finished seventh, and they, they hadn't had a very good year, you know. They'd, they'd sort of just crawled into the playoffs, into the finals. Uh, and, yeah, and they flogged the Roosters this night. Yeah. And they had a group of, like, young players, and they just put in this outstanding performance. Uh, and defeated the Roosters 32 points to eight. Wow. This was at the old Sydney Football Stadium, which isn't uh, there anymore. Uh, yeah, it got demolished. Um, yeah, but unfortunately, yeah, they lost to the star-studded Brisbane Broncos in the preliminary final in a, f- a few weeks later in a close match. Mm. And, yeah, it would have been in the other preliminary final... Sydney Roosters made an incredible comeback against Newcastle. Yeah, yeah so they were down 16-2 at half-time. Uh. And, yeah, the the um, coach they had at the time, he's passed away now, Graham Murray. Yeah. He was a former Parramatta player, uh. a good half-back, and he yeah. was a really good coach, you know. Coached, um, yeah, the Cowboys to their first grand final Oh, yeah, when they lost in 2005. Yeah. Yeah, but um, he got together with Brad Fittler and they, you know, you're 16-2 down at half time against the Newcastle Knights. Yeah. You know, have got Andrew Johns and, you know, just a whole heap of superstars. Yeah. And you just think, oh, you know, it's all over. Yeah. And, yeah, they, and then I heard uh, one of the podcasts I'd listened to recently yeah. You know, a lot of the Newcastle players were saying to the Roosters at half time when they're walking off the field, <laughs> Oh, get ready for Mad Monday. <laughs> Enjoy your Mad Monday. Yeah. And yeah, no, nah, the Roosters came back and yeah, won the game 26 to 20. Yeah. yeah, they scored about three or four tries in the space of about five to ten minutes. And Brad Fittler put in a masterclass. Yeah. And then in the grand final, that was one of the most boring grand finals I've seen, yeah, Brisbane defeated the Roosters. And, yeah, Essendon won the AFL. Yeah. They defeated Melbourne, 135 to 75. Yeah, that's a good margin. Yeah. So that would have been probably their last premiership. Yeah. Mm. But I remember they were... That year, they pretty much went through the season unbeaten. Yeah. From memory. Yeah. They had James Hurd and... Yeah. yeah. And, yeah, South Sydney in the NRL, they were going through a court drama. Because at the end of the 1999 season, they were kicked out of the competition. Um, yeah, so, you know, they were one of the foundation clubs. Yeah. And, yeah, you know, 1908. There's a big uproar from the fans. And yeah. That. Well, South Sydney have won the most premierships out of any yeah. team, you know. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, and the fans. Remember that? They were all marching down the street. Yeah. I, I was, mm. yeah, well, I was still living in Port Macquarie at that time. Yeah. And the bank that I was with, there was one lady that worked there and she was a, a staunch self-supporter. Yeah. And she wore her colours. They used to go off every day yeah. until they got back into, Is that right? the, into the comp. Yeah. Yeah. They, she, she even had stickers on where she worked and on the yeah. car, you know, supporting the yeah. 
the um, Rabbitohs. Well, they had a lot of personalities in their corner, didn't they? Yeah. Like um, Andrew Denton and yeah. Alan Jones and Ray Martin and yeah. Mm. So yeah, two thousand and two thousand one, they weren't in the competition. Yeah. So the t- the competition had been cut from like a twenty team competition. Yeah. Um, and then two thousand, it went to like a fourteen team competition. Yeah. And you had teams merging, so you had uh, Balmain and the West uh, Balmain and Western Suburbs forming the West Tigers. Yeah. They're still around today. And yeah. They've won a one premiership, so they, they've sort of been a success, you know. Yeah. Um. And then you had, oh, who else was there? St. George. Well, St. George, Illawarra, they, they formed in 1998. Um, but you had Manly and North Sydney yeah. forming, and that was just a disaster. And that yeah. lasted two seasons. And, yeah. Yeah, and the 14-team competition, like the, I think it was because of all the TV and, you know, how you had... Um, Oh, it was all run by the media barons, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah pretty much. But didn't the, um, the Super League interrupt a bit? No, well, that was in 1997. Oh, yeah. So what happened at the end of 1997, you had two competitions. Yeah. So you had the Super League and you had the NRL competition. Yeah. And at the end of 97, the 98 season, they came back together again. And you had like a twenty-team competition. It was just ridiculous, you know, um, because you had like there weren't enough good players to go around for twenty teams. Yeah. So you had teams like the South Queensland Crushers uh, were getting lapped by fifty, sixty points every um, week. Um, but when it went to fourteen teams, it was good in a way because it, you know, yeah, in, increased the standard of the games. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, just those. It just got rid of a lot of the traditional aspect of the game. Oh, yeah. yeah, and yeah, you know, North Sydney and Manly for years they've hated each other. That was never going to work. Yeah, and they were called the Northern Eagles, and yeah. yeah. So uh, no, but I think they've got it right now with sixteen teams. Yeah, you know, they're talking about bringing another Brisbane team in, um, which was- they should have done years ago. No one try and get a team in Western Australia. Yeah, but I can't see that happening. They only want to do that because of uh, the um, TV. You know, it suits like with uh, the, the uh, three-hour time difference. Yeah, whatever it is. Yeah, two hours. Yeah, yeah it's good for TV viewing. Oh, yeah, improve ratings and that sort but of the, thing. Uh, but they have much of it. Rugby league following over in West Well, they, they had a team there at one stage, yeah. the Western Reds. Oh. They were in the competition from 95 to, I think, 98 was there. Oh, no. No, yeah. they, they folded when, 90, when the Super League finished. Yeah, because yeah, they were part of the Super League. Uh. Um, no, there is a bit of a following there. Yeah. Yeah. I think South Sydney play... Some of their home games there every year. They play at least one or two. Oh, yeah. But it's more rugby union. Yeah. I think rugby union's got a more of a following than league over there. Because oh, yeah. they had the Western Force there, but yeah. they're not around. Oh, they, they played this year in the, you know, because of the pandemic. Yeah, they had yeah. to make up a, a national competition. Oh, yeah. um, but see, union's bigger over there because you got the South African... 
You got a lot of South African expats over yeah. there. Yeah, that's why. But uh, yeah, no, I don't. I don't. I think that I doubt whether they'll get a team over there. Yeah. yeah. Well, do you know why they brought in the team from New Zealand? Oh, the New Zealand team. Yeah. Well, New Zealand's you know one of the main countries in rugby league. Oh, yeah. Union's by far the biggest sport. Yeah. You know, leagues always had like a bit of a, oh, especially around Auckland. Yeah. yeah it's had a, a bit of a following there. The, the, yeah. Is there many, yeah, like before the AFL? Yeah. No. Even with the rugby league. Yeah. When it was mainly played in New South Wales, you would have. Players coming in from Queensland to play in the yeah, New Zealand right. Rose Comp. Yeah, that's, that's is there a lot of change in players between New Zealand and Australia? Yeah, yeah, well, a lot of the in the seventies and eighties, especially yeah. the eighties, um, a lot of New Zealand players would come over yeah. from their competition. Yeah. yeah, so you had players. One probably the most well-known one was Mark Graham. Yeah, um, yeah, he played for North Sydney for years. He was. Oh, he was like a club legend. Yeah. And, uh, oh, Olsen Filipana. <laughs> How could we not forget him? <laughs> yeah, no, they've had some great players. And then you had uh, Hugh McGahn. Yeah. Yeah, the Eastern Suburbs captain. and But they, they've even spoken, you know, about some, you know, maybe getting a second New Zealand team in. But yeah. Yeah. Well, originally they were called the Auckland Warriors when they joined. Yeah. And then it was in about 2001 they became the New Zealand Warriors. Uh, the, yeah. The, the, um, does New Zealand have their own local rugby yeah. league? Yeah. It's called yeah. the Barter Cup, I think. Uh, it's the main competition over there. Yeah. Yeah. No, but they've incredible, you know, incredible talent over there. Yeah. Yeah. So you think, like, I remember in the 80s they... Beat Australia in quite a few test matches and in the yeah. 90s, yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, like, yeah, 95 was when they joined the competition. Yeah. yeah. So I think a lot of their good players in their local competitions now, yeah, they go to the New Zealand Warriors. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You even get Australian players going over to play for the Warriors now. Yeah. Like Stephen Price, and he played with them for a while, and yeah. Petro Sivanasiva. I think yeah. right. no, no, he played for Penrith. That's right. Yeah. No, Stephen Price was the main one. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was just thinking that if your team is going to breach the salary cap, yeah, you just move your team to New Zealand because their dollar is low. Yeah, that's low right. Than house. Yeah. <laughs> you can have ten percent more. Yeah. Yeah, about ten percent more. Well, I was asking a, a lady I work with. She's a New Zealander. Yeah. This morning, I was asking, you know, why, why do you think so many New Zealanders come over here to live? She yeah. said, oh, it's cheaper. You know, there's more work opportunities. There's, yeah. Yeah. Because they're, yeah. they're, they're, they're paying about $2.50 or more for a litre of petrol. Oh, yeah, about that. Yeah. yeah. I think their dollar's about dollar ten to ours. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so... um. South Sydney, they lost its federal court appeal to be reinstated into the NRL, but mm. yeah, about a year later, they were uh, yeah they were allowed to come back, and so uh. they re-entered the competition in two thousand and two. Uh. Now I'm going to talk about one event now, 
Now, <laughs> before the uh, the A League, we haven't spoken much about you know <coughs> local soccer on <coughs> in our program. But before the A League, you had for years it was called the NSL, the National Soccer League. <coughs> and I remember, um, yeah, this the grand final that year, and it was between the Wollongong Wolves and the Perth Glory. I remember watching it on TV because uh. SBS showed some of the games. They showed the grand final over there in Perth, and you know, Perth had a Perth Glory had a big following. You know, uh. they've had a lot of um, expats. You know, British and a lot of uh. people from you know Britain who'd moved over here, living yeah. in Perth, and yeah, and uh, Perth were leading three nil. This uh. was in the first half. Yeah. And then, yeah, Wollongong came back and yeah, got back to uh, free all. Yeah. And they went in extra time. And the uh, scores were, till, were still um, drawn. Yep. Uh, and then they had a penalty shootout and Wollongong won. Uh, yeah, so that was an incredible comeback. I've never seen a, soc- uh, a game of soccer where a team's just come back like that uh, against all the odds. You know, you got you got every single... Person, the crowd against you, apart from you know, some of your handful of your local supporters, yeah, and yeah, you come back and win, win the grand final, yeah. yeah, and yeah, I remember Pat Rafter in tennis, he lost the Wimbledon final to Pete Sampras mm-hmm. in four sets. That was a good tournament for the Aussies, um, yeah, because I remember he beat Andre Agassi in the semi final. Yeah. Staying up and watching that, it was this. Epic five-setter. Uh, and Yelena Dokic, she made the semi-finals. Uh, and, yeah, in that match, Rafter had his chances, but uh, nah, Sampras, you know, he, he just owned that centre court. Uh, yeah, he won his 13th Grand Slam title. and Yeah. yeah. And I remember the, uh, the Aussie cricket team, they thrashed the West Indies 5-0 at home. Mm. Yeah, so... I remember, um, you know, because, yeah, there was, uh, I think some people were feeling sorry for the West Indies, you know, because uh, they were just getting toweled up. Uh, and remember Dean Jones, you know, uh, our uh, Dean Jones? Yeah. Yeah, he was being interviewed at that time on TV and and he goes, don't feel sorry for them. Gosh, they <laughs> gave it to us for a good 50, for a good 20 years. Oh, yeah, didn't they? <laughs> yeah. They, they used it. Yeah, they, we were like bloody practice. Yeah. They were just annihilated. Oh, yeah. So he would have been, his career would have been, you know, right when they were just yeah, playing with us and, as you said. Yeah. Yeah, just flogging us every yeah. game just about. And, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, the Aussies earned 12 consecutive victories. Um, yeah, so I remember they, you know, they flogged India 3 0, yeah. Pakistan 3 0 at home. Yeah. You know, they were just beating everyone, you know, they were just phenomenal. Yeah, Steve Waugh was the captain, and um, yeah, and uh, Glenn McGrath was at his peak, and Ward yeah, yeah. had the hat trick. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, look, Glenn McGrath took a hat trick against yeah. the West Indies at the Wacker. Yeah. One of those wickets was the great Brian Lara for a duck. Yeah. yeah. And the, the hat trick wicket taking ball was he bowled at Jimmy Adams, I think, and he spurned it up and was caught in close. Uh, Jimmy Adams? Yeah. 
Yeah, he was a West Indian middle order batsman. Uh, uh, Jamaican, yeah. Jamaican. He played some handy knocks, actually. Yeah. Yeah, what happened in motorsport in 2000? Motorsport, yeah. That was interesting. Mm. The the supercar Holden racing team, the... um, of Craig Lowndes and Mark Scaife, they basically ruled every race yeah. during that year. First, okay. first and second in most of them, and even Bathurst. Yeah, they won Bathurst, did they? Yeah. 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 And, uh, yeah, no, they, they had a really good year, the Holden team. Mm. The um, Up here on the GC, the, the Indy 300 yeah. was won by an Australian. Um, uh, Brisson team. Oh, okay. Aussie um, won the Indy. Yeah, followed by a New Zealand second. Was this at the Gold Coast? Yeah. Oh, right. And in the United States, our uh, hunter came in in third. Yeah. But um, in the MotoGP, the Max Biaggi in the Mobile Yamaha team, yeah. in 42 minutes, 29 seconds, yeah. Seconds, and, and Gary McCoy, who was the Australian in the, in that race, yeah. came in fifth, three point eight seconds later. Yeah, yeah really? there was another four bikes between yeah, between, between them. Gee, that's we're, close, we're, eh? we're within just a smidge under yeah. four seconds. Oh. <laughs> that's that, that, that's moving. That's, yeah. that's a bloody close game. <laughs> that sort of rubbers. Rubber and ties nearly rubbing it up against <laughs> each other, yeah? Yeah. Sort of, yeah. No, it's yeah. very interesting. The, um, yeah, I love watching the bikes. Mm. Just the... <laughs> oh, yeah. They're just the speed they get up yeah. to. Now they, you know, you, they go around those bends. Yeah. And their knees are basically touching the, yeah. the bitumen, aren't they? Yeah. Gosh. No, they're bloody... And they, when they come off, you know... A lot of them just get up <laughs> and get back on. Yeah. Come off their bike, you know, a couple of un- 300 k's an hour. Yeah. Get on and start riding again. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Thanks. when I was up on the farm and riding, the, I only had a Honda 125 TL, yeah. TL trail bike. Yeah. I used to get up there thinking I was, um, yeah, on the strain motorbike racing and trying to. Yeah. Try and lean the bike over to get her at yeah, the speed and look how good <laughs> I am, but sure enough, I'd come off. <laughs> oh, I've never been brave enough to ride one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyway, we'll talk about the um, any anything else happened in motorsport that year? Or? Oh, no, that's yeah. about it. But, right. Yeah. yeah, so as we said, the Sydney Olympics was the big event yeah. in the year 2000. And, yeah, so I remember just in 2000, just that lead up. You know, the months and weeks, yeah, the, the days whole, yeah. leading up to it, and the, yeah, the, yeah. The, the, there was a, um, a motel in Pomacquarie that, yeah, w- when they um, f- when they knew that we had won the since he won the games, he actually put a sign on his roof, and he, how many days to the oh really to the yeah. two thousand games, yeah, and he used to get up there every day, yeah. And change, you know, it, one day less. Yeah. Anyway, the, the um, council tried to get him to take it down. Oh, fair dinkum. But apparently there was a big protest in the community. Yeah. 
about about it. And, Rightly so. And he got to keep it. Gosh. It's unbelievable, some councils, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. I saw something recently on the news. This yeah. bloke, he put um, these Halloween decorations at the front of his place. Yeah. Oh, and the council go, no, no, you can't have that. You can't have that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's ridiculous. Mm. Yeah. Now, I've got this uh, photo album here mm. that I, I purchased in the year 2000. It's the Sydney 2000 uh, photo album. And inside it, I've put all the photos I've taken uh, from uh, all the events that I went to. I uh, uh, see the the um yeah the, the there's a, um the heart the Sydney Harbour Bridge. Yeah, that's a beautiful photo, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, um, I, I know the guy who who took that with the Olympic rings on it. Yeah, yep. He was um he he was involved. His name's Kate. Craig Carlstrom. Oh, okay. He was an industrial photographer. Yeah. And the day after the the um the day after the, the announcement happened that Sydney won yeah. the, Com- the Olympic Games, he was hanging out of a helicopter, yeah. taking photos. Oh, was he of the com- of that yeah. bridge? And he done it every morning for two weeks. Yeah. Until he got the perfect photo. Gee. Of the bridge. Yeah. At sunrise and sunset. And yeah. Yeah. Just well, uh, Paul Hogan, he, he was he painted yeah. the Harbour Bridge, didn't he? Yeah, he got, yeah, yeah. I was just listening to some of his stories mm. you know, about his working on the on the big coat hanger back then. Yeah, there that's was, right, before yeah. he um, got a gig yeah. in comedy. Yeah. He, only, he, he only went on new faces to give the judges a hard time. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> he ended up being picked. Oh, look at that. I ripped a page. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> now, I've got photos here of when uh, the Olympic flame went through Lura up uh, the main street in the mall there. Uh, there was a big crowd there. Gee, that would have been awesome to carry that flame, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it came through the little village I was living in. Mm. Yeah. And uh, got photos here of the opening ceremony. Yeah. Yeah, I've got, these photos are just uh, before it started with the crowd coming in. And I remember it started with, uh, oh, it happened just underneath where I was sitting. Yeah. Yeah, because I was down one end. I was down the... From where the Olympic flame was, yeah. I was down the other end, and yeah, this guy rode in on his horse, and uh, yeah. yeah. So no, I just got some images here. Yeah, yeah. All the uh, of the spectacular and all the athletes coming out, marching. That yeah, would have been probably yeah. over ten thousand athletes. Yeah. And, yeah. They also had the, those. I think they called them the the. Tin man or the or the can man, where they come in and m- make music with oh yep tap dancing on rubbish cans and that's and right yeah. yeah that was really good mm. yeah and this was I remember this bit yeah they where I was sitting like this great big sheet went over over the top of me and yeah. over everyone yeah. <sighs> And actually, yeah, it had like the Olympic picture of the Olympic rings on it. 
Uh, Jeez, it would have taken them a long time to put that together. Uh, That's probably, you know, 150 metres wide uh, at least. Uh, yeah. What else we got here? Oh, yep, with the flame. Yeah, yeah, I remember the flame. They had problems with that, didn't uh, they? Yeah, the gearing started to stop up. Yeah. <laughs> stop her. Kelly Freeman was standing there like a... Uh, come come uh, quite. Yeah, we were just waiting. Because I remember seeing it. Um, yeah, stall, and it was bouncing, like the, the flying. And they're probably going for a couple of hundred try runs. Yeah. And it being perfect, and just that one time. Yeah. But it was something really simple. Yeah. Yeah, that caused it, yeah. actually. Yeah. And, yeah, I think the next day I went to the weightlifting at Darling mm. Harbour. Oh. Yeah, one, one regret that I have... From when I went was, um, apart from the track and field, yeah, there weren't any Australians um, in any of the events I went to. Yeah, yeah it's all the weightlifting, you know, it was all Eastern European mainly, uh, and yeah, the, um, the winners standing on the dice. Uh, yep. So you got the uh, guy who won the gold medal, it's from Turkey, uh, and Chinese bloke, and uh, looks like a Bulgarian flag. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I hope I'm right. Yeah. <laughs> I, know, I know Bulgaria have got good weightlifters. Yeah. I don't know if they're all clean though. <laughs> <laughs> well, in in the nineties, like uh, some of their really good weightlifters, yeah, they um, migrated to Australia. Yeah. Represented Australia. Yeah. yeah, Stefan Botev, he won a bronze medal. Uh, at the Atlanta Olympics and uh, super heavyweight. Uh, I went to the kayaking in Penrith. Uh, this is the slalom uh, kayaking. You know, when they go in and out of the uh, uh, rap- uh, yeah, they go down the rapids and uh, in and out of the uh, oh the flags there. Uh, yeah, that's where they had the rowing. Uh, yeah, I remember they built that. Yeah, just yeah, I remember when they were building that before the games. Yeah. So I was working near there. Yeah. Yeah. So you finished your teaching degree? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I'd well and truly finished by then. Uh, yeah. yeah, and this one here is a boxing I went to in Darling Harbour. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the main thing I remember about that was this. Uh, uh, it was the last fight that I went to there. Yeah, uh, because they have a whole heap of fights. Uh, uh, you go to like a two, three-hour session. Uh, I'll have about bloody 20, 30-odd fights because they only go for like three rounds. Uh, uh, and this Cuban guy, he's from the best punch you'll ever see. Uh, and he's just sent this other bloke flying, uh, crashing to the deck. Was Jeff Fennick still around boxing nah. there? Oh, hang on. No, nah, well, he, he turned professional uh, uh, 85. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but he fought at the um, Los Angeles Olympics. Yeah. Got robbed. Yeah. yeah, absolutely robbed by a. Um, he was fighting a Korean guy. Uh, yeah. yeah, got ripped off. Yeah, but he became a. He turned. That was his. Would have been his last amateur fight. Uh, then he went professional and won three uh, world titles. Yeah, yeah. I just remember walking around Darling Harbour and just all the different nationalities. Yeah. Just how happy everyone was. Yeah. And 
accommodating and yeah, yeah. No, it's a good spirit. Oh, yeah, events like that happen. Mm. Oh, oh there's, there I am with my mum. Yeah. yeah, outside the Olympic Stadium there. Yeah. Uh, I think that's where the swimming was. They they built in a temporary temporary stand at the aquatic centre there. Uh, yeah. Yep. I went swimming there early in the no last Christmas with Olivia. Yeah. The aquatic centre. Yeah, had a great uh, time there. Yeah. I went to went to a fair bit of the hockey actually. Uh, yeah, that was good. Yeah, so most of the events were at Darling Harbour. I yeah. mean, sorry, at the um, Olympic Park, oh, yeah. Darling Harbour. Yeah. yeah, but you had things like uh, the rowing and kayaking that was out in Penrith, and oh, I think the equestrian was at Horsley Park. I think. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, but though the venues were just really easy to get to, you know, you just. Um, a lot of the time you just get on a bus and a train and just take you straight there. Yeah. And probably the after the opening ceremony, yeah, I went to it. most mem- memorable moment I had was the night of the track and field I went to. Uh, yeah, it was 100, over 110,000 there that night. Wow. Oh, just because with the track and field they'd have two sessions. Uh, yeah. so they'd have the day yeah. session yeah. and the night session. Uh, the night session would be, you know, where all the medals are decided and yeah. pretty much. And um, but even with the day session, you were getting, yeah. you know, pretty, um, yeah, over a hundred thousand. I saw a story and, and uh, this was years ago on, mm. like when the changeover happened and yeah. and the cleaners had to come in and yeah. just clean the whole stadium <laughs> before the night. Oh, and it would be spotless. <laughs> And it was down to the split second time, and they had to be at a certain spot at mm. a certain time, or it, yep. it put everything out. Oh, yeah. Like, I think, you know, like, they went around the stadium three times. Yeah. They would, first time it was to pick up such and such. Then the next time, and then the final time was to do the final clean. Really? Yeah, so it was, it was a synchronised cleaning <laughs> <laughs> for the stadium. They would have been run off their feet. Yeah. Yeah, but I remember they had the men's long jump and the Aussie guy, Jai Tarima. Yeah. He had the gold medal all won. Yeah. The Cuban guys nicked it on the last jump. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, yeah, he ended up getting the silver medal, yeah. Yeah, which was a great performance. Cuban bloke, he was the world champion. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think yeah, they had the women's 200 metres and the... Men's 200 metres decided that night. Oh, yeah. And it was a Greek guy who won the 200 for the men's. Yeah. But he, he got busted for drugs not long after and so yeah. Marion Jones. Yeah. She won the 200. Yeah. And some of the javelin here. Yeah. yeah, more hockey. Lots of hockey I went to. Yeah. Mm. So how many events do you think you went oh, to? Oh, like? gosh. I, I nearly went to, to something pretty much nearly every day. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'd just get the train down from the Blue Mountains and yeah. watch it. Yeah. And I went with my parents a lot of the time to yeah. some of the events. Yeah, so that was uh-huh. that was a great experience. Mm. There's some of the tickets. Opening ceremony ticket. Yeah. Ticket to the track and field. Oh, well, they're in good condition. Yeah. Just before the games, it was a, it was like a ballot, wasn't it? Yeah. Memory. Like yeah. you had to... Um, 
Yeah, there were forms that came out in the mail and you would pick what events you'd want to go to yeah. and hope you'd get into those events. Yeah. But things like the swimming and the gymnastics. Yeah. So, so that's so like a real lottery yeah. to get that. Uh, yeah. And then they have rounds of... Rounds that's of right. Yeah, yeah, so if you yeah. applied for it, but if you missed out because... Yeah. yeah. Well, that opening ceremony, why not got that first go? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so these are all the tickets, and then the tickets came out. You know, you'd be notified of yeah. if you were successful, and then the tickets would come out in the yeah. mail, and, oh, there's more thunder. Yeah. My, my, my uncle worked for a pr- print, large printing firm. Yeah. They actually printed the tickets. Oh, really? Yeah. Jeez. But, but he also, they used to also print tickets for yeah. large concerts yeah. and that. And occasionally you could get get a couple and pass some orders <laughs> to someone, but uh, for memory, the security that was up tight, yeah. as soon as the tickets were being finished printed, they were locked away. Jeez. Oh, they, yeah. You know, they, they couldn't go out to, yeah. to um, be scanned or anything. No, no, they'd have to, yeah. especially the, um, you know, things like tickets for the men's 100 metres. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and the Ian Thorpe races. And yeah, here's a ticket for the Paralympics when I went one day. <laughs> General admission, $15, day pass. <laughs> All venues. Uh, yeah, so what have we got here? Some shot, uh, shot put going on, I think. Yeah. In the Olympic Stadium there. Yeah. And I remember seeing an event, like, it's called Goalball. And it's played by the uh, vision impaired. Yeah. And you've got, you know, two teams, one down either end. It's it's like soccer, but they use their, their hands to roll the ball and the ball's got a bell on it. Uh-huh. Yeah. It was really exciting. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, I went to the uh, the volleyball at the Paralympics. Yeah. Look at this. These guys, this is Australia playing America. Yeah. These guys have got no limbs. Yeah. Unbelievable. Real courage, eh? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, determination can take you anyway. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so... Uh, oh, my computer's... Something's happened to my computer. Yeah, going to sleep. So I to turn off. Yeah, uh, <laughs> no, Do you remember so. much about... The Olympics? Oh, just watching. You didn't get to any events? No, no. See what I mean, in Port Macquarie, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was too far away to be be that doing that. I had a young family and and a bit small business around it. Yeah. That's the building, so yeah. Yeah. Uh, So for me to get any tickets at all would have been Mm. pretty well impossible. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But I. I knew some people from Port Macquarie that were volunteers in the um, yeah in the, in the Olympics. So mm, so do I. I know quite a few people yeah. volunteer. I've got one mate. Yeah. He's a, he um, his job is driving the athletes around. Yeah. Yeah, and he got to drive uh, Maurice Green, the men's one hundred meters uh, champion, yeah. and some of the American sprinters. Yeah. yeah. I also remember that. During that time in the Olympics games on, we always had fires running. Yeah. So they were, they were, yeah, we were busy, but 
the the people volunteering mm. at the Sydney Games were also volunteers at the Royal Fire Service. Oh, right? were they? Oh, was uh, yep. and. And they would ring up asking what was going on because yeah. it's it's a it's, it's a bit of a bug that you get being a volunteer and they're sort of going, do I leave here? Want yeah to come back or yeah? We said, we said oh no, that's right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Australia won sixteen gold medals. So it was their most successful games. And Ian Thorpe, he was the real star. Yeah, he won. Uh, Five medals. Yep. So he won the uh, men's 400 metres on the first night. He won that by a day and a half. That's how good he was. But his biggest performance by far was not long after that. um, After he won that 400 metres race, he just finished that race and done his cool down and, Yeah. yeah, he had to go and... Uh, be part of the men's 4x100 metres medley relay. Yeah. Yeah. And it was a disaster at the start because he's, um, you know, they've got the swimsuits. Yeah. Yeah, his swimsuit split. <laughs> so he's, <laughs> trying, he's trying to find a bloody swimsuit. Yeah. You know, to another swimsuit. And, uh, yeah, and this is an event that the Americans had never lost. Yeah. They'd won, and they'd won this event in every Olympics. Uh, Apart from the ones in Moscow, which they didn't go to. Yeah. Um, yeah, and in the first leg, Michael Klimi broke the world record um, for the butterfly. Yeah. So he got the Aussies off to a flying start. Yeah. I think there was Ashley Callis and uh, oh, I think it was Matt Welsh who did the backstroke, maybe. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, by the time got to the final leg, the freestyle, which yeah. finishes off the medley, yeah. So Ian Thorpe, like 100 metres isn't his distance, you know. Yeah. It's a 200 metres, 400 metres. Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, and the guy who was swimming for America, Gary Hall Jr., he was the, the world champion, you know. Yeah. And, you know, when they went into that last leg, the yeah. Americans were in front. Yeah. They are going down for the first 50 metres. And Thorpe's a fair way behind, you know, probably a body length, maybe. And then that last 50, he's just slowly catching up. <laughs> and oh, if you ever go online, listen to Ray Hadley's call of that last 50 metres. <laughs> oh, yeah. Goosebumps. Yeah. It's one of the greatest performances ever. How he managed to win that, yeah. you know, against the best swimmer in the world. Um, and then the thing was that yeah, Gary Hall Jr. said before that race, oh, we're going to smash the Aussies like guitars. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when the Aussies won, they're on the – they get out of the pool and they're doing the guitar. guitar. Yeah, but apparently he's a nice bloke, that Gary Hall Jr. He was just, you know, he was just joking around. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Um, yeah, and Kathy Freeman, of course. <laughs> Had the, the pressure of the world on her, on her uh, shoulders. Yeah. And she came through in the in the women's 400 metres and won that night. Jeez, uh, I would have liked to have been there that night. Yeah. Imagine listening to the roar. Yeah. Oh. And Simon Fairweather, he won the archery, men's archery. And the women's beach volleyball team won. 
And the women's hockey, they were they were phenomenal. Like yeah. this is when we had like a really good hockey team. Yeah. You know, the women were just tremendous. Like they won just about every Olympics, you know. Uh, and I remember they I used to go and swim at the local pool and yeah, and they were all in the spa. <laughs> yeah, this was before the Olymp just before the Olympics. Yeah, there was like their training camp there. Yeah. And Susie O'Neill, yeah, she won the freestyle. Like she was expected to win the butterfly because that was, you know, that was a nickname, Madam Butterfly. Yeah, yeah so she was expected to win that easily. Uh, and, yeah, this young American swimmer got up and won it. Yeah, Misty Hyman, I think her name was. Yep. Yeah. The women's water polo team won right on the right on the siren. Uh, yeah, I remember the American coach. <laughs> he was on the side of the pool. He was. He wasn't too happy about it. Uh, he thought, no, no, that's not right. <laughs> they, that ball went in before, after the siren. Uh, yeah. Nah. And then the equestrian, they did really well. They won some gold medals. Yeah, led by Andrew Hoy. And yeah, just in the international performances that really st- stood out, there was Steve Redgrave, the the. Uh, in the rowing, yeah, yeah he's from uh, Britain, Great Britain. It was his fifth Olympic title. Uh, yeah, incredible. So he like he was, I think he was like in his forties by yeah. about this stage. There yeah. seems to be some sports that the the Olympic competitors are in there for longer. Oh yeah, maybe because yeah. they're not as popular as or mm. has a bigger changeover. Yeah, That's other sports. Well, the swimmers don't, generally don't last too long, do they? Nah. They tend to retire earlier. Yeah. Now you look at uh, Shane Gould. Yeah. Yeah, the Australian yeah. late female swimmer. Yeah. You know, she won heaps of gold medals at the Munich yeah. Olympics. She was only like 15, 16 years of age. Yeah. And she never yeah. swam again after that, yeah, pretty but, much. Yeah. yeah. But just the, uh, the time and effort they put in just to. Oh, uh, yeah. Get into the sport, yeah. yeah. Up seven days a week, or at least six days a week. Yeah. Some of the track Swimming is swimming. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For a few hours before they go to school then. Yeah. Then coming back and... Well, this is why some of the swimmers, they try and do like a, you know, come back out of retirement a few years later. Like yeah. even Ian Thorpe did and yeah. Green Hackett. Yeah. And yeah, they just get blown away. Yeah. You know? Yeah, just... Yeah. yeah. Just... Um, yeah, they must just lose all that rhythm and yeah, their yeah, passion for it, I guess. Yeah, yeah but yeah. The, yeah, the body's a bit older and mm. yeah, not used to the the, the 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 training and the stress on the body. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. to barely get back up to the same levels before would oh yeah t- may take twice as much energy mm. and yeah. time to do it. There was a classic finish in the men's ten thousand meters between uh, Geb, Geb, oh how do you say Geb, <laughs> Gebra S- Selassie? Yeah, I think I got that right. And Turgay from Kenya. Yeah, yeah. Geb, Gebra Selassie. <laughs> Tongue twister. <laughs> he was Ethiopian. Memory. Yeah. yeah. Oh, if you ever, I've put that on my uh, Facebook post. Yeah. yeah, that finish. Oh, yeah. yeah. Incredible. Mm. Bruce McAvaney, he was brilliant, he's a brilliant caller. Yeah, he is. Track and field. Yeah. Yeah. 
listen to him call that race. Yeah, yeah and Marion Jones, she was later disgraced with her gold medals being stripped. Yeah, so the reason she had her gold medals taken off her was because it was in that within that 10-year period. Yeah. After 10 years, that's it. And this yeah. is why these bloody, you know, um, athletes from East Germany and Soviet Union, you know, yeah. they got away with drug cheating, yeah. you know, back in the 70s and 80s. Uh, yeah, because they were found out years later, you know. Uh, yeah, and it was actually like a government-run program. Uh, yeah. So and I, I doubt whether some of them even knew they were taking steroids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But if you look at some of the East German runners... Yeah. ...in that time, and the swimmers... Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. They look like fully-grown men. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, in Cameroon, they won the football over Spain. Mm. So, yeah, that was a big achievement, you know, like, because, yeah, like, you wouldn't expect an African nation to beat a, a European heavyweight like Spain. Yeah. Yeah, but, no, Africa has certainly come of age in, in uh, soccer over the years, hasn't uh, it? Yeah, sure in recent years. Yeah. And, yeah. No, it was, as I said, the best Olympic Games ever. Yeah. Mm. So, we're up to the quiz answers now. So, let's see how you went. So, question one. What famous Aussie soccer player was named Young Player of the Year in the English Premier League? And the answer was... Harry Kuehl. Harry Kuehl. Yep. Is he still around? No, he's retired now. Uh. Yeah. Oh, he's... Him and Tim Cale, the yeah. greatest Australian soccer players ever. Yeah. Absolute legends. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, yeah, Harry Kuehl, he, he was playing English Premier League at a young age. Like, he would have only been about 18. Yeah. Yeah, they, they talent scouts pick them up pretty early. Mm. Yeah. And, you know, Melbourne Storm are just phenomenal, what they do. Like, yeah. how they... Uh, they're able to pick talent at a young age. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Like, you, you think, um, you know, like some of their players, even like Cameron Smith, um. uh, he was rejected by the Brisbane Broncos years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, Cooper Cronk too, you know, uh. all knocked back by the Broncos. Yeah. Early on in their career. And uh, Josh Adokar. You know, he wasn't wanted at the West Tigers. Yeah. He's like now like probably the best winger in the world. Yeah. They turn these players who are, you know, struggling at other clubs yeah. um, and turn them into, you know, just in one within one season. Yeah. Just these, you know, winning premierships. Yeah. 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 But they're able to identify some young talent at a young age. Yeah. 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 And what they mainly look for is, yeah, dedication. Yeah. And you know, yeah, just their personality and yeah, I, I, how they're going to fit yeah. in. There was a kid down in Port Macquarie that, that, that he had the um, he would have made a really good AFL player. Yeah, he just because they used to have uh, competitions and and those round robins. Yeah, and he was just he'd, he'd win it. 
so many prizes. Yeah. And it was just devoted. But when it came to puberty, it all went. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Stopped. That's it. I've seen athletes like that too. Yeah. Yeah. Other things take over in their life. Mm. And, you know, guys I've coached in cricket over the years. Yeah. Yeah. Girls, you know, take first priority. (laughs) (laughs) What was the name of the Aussie who won the women's 800 metres wheelchair demonstration event at the Olympics? Mm. It was Louise Savage. I was there that night. Yeah. Yep. They had the men's race too. Yeah. Yeah. They're all really close finishes. And, mm. Yeah. And the third question, what Aussie cricketer won the inaugural Allen Border medal in 2000? That was Ooh, Ark, Lee McGrath. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and what country won the UEFA Euro Cup in 2000? And the answer was France. Oh, France. Yeah. Yeah. Now we don't have the draw this week. So I left it at home. <laughs> so we're going to have a special episode. <coughs> we're going to have a special episode. Yeah. Yeah. What's it going to be on? Oh, we might do great sporting rivalry. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I wouldn't mind doing something like, yeah, with Stephen Bradbury. Yeah. Yeah, about how he, was, he, he won the... The speed skating. Yeah, when all the other... Everyone else fell over. All base over Apex. Yeah. Yeah, won Australia's first ever Winter Olympics gold medal. Yeah. Mm. So we'll be bringing you the special... There's a whole heap of topics we could cover. Yeah. Yeah. But no, yeah, feel free to have some... Yeah, any ideas that you have. Yep. Yeah. Let us know and yeah, leave be more it, than happy to cover it. Leave a comment on Facebook, mm. Paul's Facebook page. Yep. So, thanks for joining us for this episode of Paul's Sporting Memories. And please check out our Facebook for posts on my sporting memories. So, it's thanks to Gold Studio Productions. <laughs> <laughs> That's a new one. I like the sound of that. Yeah. For producing Paul's Sporting Memories. And please check out... Gold Studio Productions on Facebook. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a goodbye from Paul. And it's a goodbye for Glenn. Bye. <laughs>